Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com. So I haven't been up here in probably about two months uh, with a lot going on in life, physically. And so it's good to be back here with those of you I know and those of you I've yet to get to know. My name is Tiana, and I am one of the pastors here at Missio Day Uptown, the best of the five congregations. <laughs> the other ones are great, too. Um, but this morning, we are wrapping up Ephesians, but before we get into Ephesians, I do want to acknowledge Pentecost Sunday, as Hilda did earlier. I would like to also acknowledge it. Look at these wonderful decorations put up by Carl and Gary the other day. <laughs> Just give us that reminder of uh, that really sacred day. And there's also a painting I was wanting us to have up um, by an artist called Dr. James Key. Hey, Key. He is a uh, seminarian, seminary professor out at Fullerton. And um, he has like the coolest art. Like this is, like pretty much is all, I don't know if this would be abstract, but it all has this similar style. And just as we're ending AAPI month, um, if you could just look at that and just sit as I read about the early Pentecost days. I'm just gonna read uh, the first four chapter, the first four, not chapters, first four verses of Acts 2, but really the whole chapter is one worth reading. It's, um, you also get to see the start of the church, so just glance upon this as I read. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for all those gathered here. We thank you for an opportunity to look into your word yet again. We thank you for you, Holy Spirit, being with us even now as our friend, as our, as our comforter, as at times our motivator, as at times our convictor. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, um, for being present to each one of us. And just, uh, yeah, be with us as we look again into your word. We love you. Amen. So as I said, we're finishing up Ephesians today. It's been a good few months of looking at this book, this epistle, and hearing the different voices present it, Jimmy, myself, I believe Gary did a sermon, Emmy did a sermon, and maybe even Doug from um, Uptown Baptist. It's been a good journey of seeing God's love for us and then in turn also our love for each other. So today's passage may be one you remember from Sunday school. Perhaps there was the felt board character, the soldier, that you could dress up in all its gear. Or if your Sunday school teacher had time and energy, perhaps you were able to cut out the armor of God, color it, wear it, and bring it home. Last semester, a classmate preached on this passage. We take classes inside Stateville and Logan Prison in, this, in the seminary program I'm in. And she was the one that went back to Sunday school days. She had her helmet, she had the sword, and all the various pieces. It was quite fun, actually. 
Well, I don't have a craft, so rest assured, I won't have y'all doing that. But I was curious about what it would look like with some modern representations. So here's a couple of slides. So we have the usual <laughs> manly man in his armor and all the different things, and the, the arrows coming. The next one is a very <laughs> womanly woman <laughs> and just prepared for battle. So these were some pictures that popped up when I looked up uh, these different images. So this imagery actually might be helpful when imagining the putting on of armor, and they even have it um, marked for us. It's not something we're really used to. You know, we, none of us have been, that I know of, have been in this sort of battle with these old-timey uh, type armor. And as I was preparing for today, I realized I was having a hard time identifying with this, this idea of armor and putting on, even though I heard these verses since I was a kid, there was something about it that I felt really disconnected from. And then I had an aha moment. And I reminded myself that I was obsessed with General Okoye from Black Panther. She was the picture of armored up strength and beauty, and she would defend the king to death if need be. So for me, I kind of was like, well, maybe I do have a clue about armor and what to expect. Because she, you know, about, what was it, 2018 was definitely goals for me. I didn't quite achieve that, but <laughs> I was grateful for her character nevertheless. But then a more realistic picture came to mind, because I don't think any of us are going to look like those last three. A more realistic picture came to mind. A person loving Jesus, putting on armor that at times maybe feels a little big, a little ill-fitting, possibly dented in some places, because yes, they had been in battle. Maybe like this guy, the felt guy from Sunday school. Not chiseled or fit like most of the versions we looked at, someone walking with God, a person like you and like me, someone facing the joys and sorrows and all that comes with living in a broken world, a beautiful world, but a broken world. And most importantly, someone like you and me who is a child of God. This was more of the realistic vision that came to mind. I was like, okay, I can, I can kind of go there. The other ones just really aren't attainable. So having this understanding and reading verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That sentence right there, I believe, is the key to all the verses that follow, is that we have to be strong in the Lord and his power, not our power, not who we are, because we know that that, that you know, comes and goes, but in the Lord's power. New Testament scholar and Pauline theologian N.T. Wright in his commentary on Ephesians writes, what we have in the present passage and what I believe is required again and again as Christians face the daily and yearly battle for the kingdom is a sober, realistic assessment, both of the struggle we are engaged in and the weapons at our disposal. Both in the struggle we are engaged in and the weapons at our disposal. This struggle that he refers to is what Paul references in verses 11 through 13 that we just read, and maybe we could have those go up one more time. The devil's schemes, the powers of darkness, and spiritual forces of evil. We have the armor. As believers, we, this is something that we have. We already have this. Those are our weapons at our, disposable, at our disposal. Sorry. And then as Christians, we do what is written three times in verses 13 and 14. So it must be really, really important if it's kind of repeated more than once in a, like a, a short span. We stand. When the day of evil comes, we stand. After you have done everything, we stand. 
and then we stand firm. When we are engaged in something significantly physical, like working out, or for those of us that have trained for marathons and maybe run a few, we are, you're preparing by um, lifting weights. This is getting ready to engage in battle. Standing and even knowing how and where you stand is important for your whole body and its eventual outcome. Let me say that again. Standing and even knowing how and where you stand is important for your whole body and its eventual outcome. Think of those verses about standing on sand and just the shaky ground. It matters where we stand, how we stand. So we're standing and we're putting on the belt of truth. Truth, like a good belt, holds everything in place. I don't know about you, but I'm that person that needs at least one good, solid leather belt in my closet. Got it on right now. It makes all the difference. How often in the midst of warfare have you needed to be reminded of this belt of truth? That you need to be reminded of what is true? Perhaps of who God is, or perhaps of who God says you are as his child. As David states in Psalm 25:5, guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Guide me in your truth, the belt of truth that we all should be wearing and have access to. Truth is foundational. Think of the times, for a moment, think of the times when you were not in that truth. Think of the times when you've doubted that truth. It affects relationships. It affects how you see yourself. It affects your view of God. It is important to know his truth before warfare so that when you're in the midst of it, you're not going, okay, what's true? Who am I? Who is God? If we know his truth, if we have it in our hearts, then when those things come that are so difficult, that are so uncertain, that are so just part of being in this world, if we are grounded in his truth beforehand, none of those things won't be there, but it will make it easier to walk if we are grounded in his truth. The next piece of armor is a breastplate of righteousness or justice. We put this piece of armor on the front, not so that we appear virtuous, even though virtue is great, but because we have been made right before God. We have that breastplate of righteousness and we are indeed also called to do justly. So sometimes you hear it as the breastplate of righteousness, other times as the breastplate of justice. Both are needed. The third piece of armor is our feet being fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This is a peace with God and a peace with others. Harkening back to chapter two, where hostility existed between two groups, reconciliation was made possible through Christ. Peace arrived through Christ. There's something beautiful about being made ready in that way. We read of something very similar in Isaiah 52, seven. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim your peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say, Zion, your God reigns. What if we allowed our feet to be fitted in this way? ready knowing that the gospel of peace is present and needed everywhere. If you had your feet covered and ready to go for the gospel of peace. That's a beautiful thought, to be, be in that, that part of the um, outfit and that you're ready to go forth and bring that to others. The shield of faith, a shield that covers you and it extinguishes the arrows that come towards you and towards me. 
faith in Jesus, because it is a shield of faith, faith in Jesus that he, that he is who he says he is. He is the one that we're leaning on. And when those arrows come, having faith that he will indeed protect you and be with you, whatever may come, arrows that represent the evils of this world, arrows that represent your inner struggles, temptations, and despair, arrows that represent the attacks of the enemy, that shield of faith covers and protects you. Can you guys start to get a vision of this for yourself, like that what this could look like in this modern day? Helmet of Salvation. Titus 3, 4 through 6 gives a picture of our salvation. A beautiful, simplistic, straightforward picture. But when the kindness of God and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So the helmet of salvation, we are covered because of who God is and the rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit and what Jesus did for us. That's powerful stuff. Like, he's getting us us ready. (laughs) Sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the one, well, I would say for now, it's the one offensive weapon we have. We do have another one coming up. To know the word and allow its contents to influence our lives is powerful. You know those people that just have the word memorized? That is a powerful thing. I think I've told this story before. When I uh, was a mentor at um, a home for teenagers, I was barely out of my teens myself, but somehow they thought that was okay at 20 to be mentoring teens. (laughs) One thing we would do was it was a Christian home, so we were able to use scripture, which was wonderful, but we'd have each of the girls have like a verse that they could put in their pocket. So if they had some memories coming up, if they had some struggle coming up, they actually had a verse that they could pull out because sometimes, oftentimes, we don't have the word memorized and a lot of times we're not carrying a Bible around. We are carrying our phones, so a point of reference, but something that they could be reminded of. So however creative, to have the word of the Lord on you is just, and in you, is very important. This seems to be a place where Paul, like other places in Ephesians, is referencing Old Testament passages about Jesus. Reading from Isaiah 11, four and five. But with righteousness he will judge the needy, with justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. This is true of Jesus and who he is. But we are in Christ. How many times have we heard that? We are in Christ. And so this is also true of us. We have that word. We have that rod. We have that power in him. Amen indeed. Let me get a drink of water. So prayer, the the verses that we looked at, prayer is not clumped in with this section of verses that we read. And even in the Bible, I don't believe it's, I think it's, Broken down a little bit different. However, we know it is given to us as, as a very important part of our armor. We have the word, we have prayer. These are where we can be on the offense. Ephesians 6:18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Prayer is such an essential part of our life in Christ. 
let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. Prayer, and I don't use shoulds often, prayer should be an essential part of our life in Christ. There is mystery to it, therefore we don't completely understand it, but we are commanded to do it over and over and over again in Scripture, trusting that indeed God hears us and will answer accordingly. And in this verse, a reminder to always keep on praying for all God's people. How powerful is it when somebody comes up to you and says, I've been praying for you? Or how's that situation that you told me about that in prayer we, we stood together? Like that is like, that's probably one of the greatest gifts that can be given to you is that somebody is going before the throne and saying, hey, this person needs you, Lord. Here's what's going on. So powerful. Trusting that indeed God hears us and will answer accordingly. And in this verse, a reminder, a reminder to always keep on praying for all God's people, those in hostile situations, those who live in poverty, those who are refugees, those who teach our children, those who are incarcerated, those who are in physical and mental pain, those who live from paycheck to paycheck, those who are close to seeing the Lord face to face, those who have been forgotten, those who ask, how long, O oh Lord? And on and on, we are to remember that was just a small group of people, let alone those in nursing homes and those in rehabs and those who don't know where their parents are and, and are looking for them. There's so many people who are part of the family of God and beyond that, truthfully, that need the prayers of his saints. We are to remember all the Lord's people in prayer. That is verse 18, and I would say, man, when I think of even this picture of armor and us being armored up, however yours, however yours looks, mine looks like General Okoye, of course, but that it's sort of, it, the prayer just sort of, I don't know, I had this vision of it just surrounding. It's almost like, you know, those gift bags, and you, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the armor bearer, and then you just take the big old piece of plastic and you just tie it over it. That's what prayer is in this situation, that we would have it that close, that a part of our life. And um, yeah, I'm convicting myself as I'm saying this. So as we end this book, I want us to take a minute in silence, a minute or two, to consider our armor. What truths are you clinging to? Where do you need to continue to lean into God and let him gird you up? This is an invitation to take a minute or two not to go, oh, I'm not doing it right. That's not what this is about. We all have room to grow. We know this. But when you consider the armor, and maybe the verses can just stay up there, what, what part maybe does need some girding up? Or what part is like, okay, that, that's something I hadn't thought of in regards to myself. But let's take a minute or two, come before the Lord, and just ask him to speak to us about this passage and about ourselves because, um, yeah, we can do that. Lord, I thank you that you give us all we need for life and godliness. I thank you, Lord, that you do give us this armor that is so applicable today for the things we are facing, for walking with others, that um, we get to put this on. We get to be in this relationship with you. Um, I know this is random God, but I was on Facebook the other day, <laughs> and I just, I, I remember reading somebody's post and just the lack of understanding of who you are and the lack of grace uh, 
was really painful. But I thank you, Lord, that you are a God that isn't saying, oh, you're doing this wrong, but is saying, I invite you to. I loved you enough that I would die for you, and I would live for you and with you and in you. So I pray today, Lord, that as we think on our own armor, as we think on our own story, as we look out into other, other people's lives and are present to them, that we would just be reminded of just your deep love and all that you have given us and all that we get to do with you and all that you call us into. Thank you again, Holy Spirit, for also being so present to us. As we end this chapter, I'd like to say one of two benedictions you'll hear today, but it's just so good that I want to say this over you. This is the end of chapter six. Peace to you, brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.